So with school starting in just two weeks, man, can you believe that? School's just right around the corner. So with school starting in just a couple weeks, I thought we would take a couple of Sundays and we're going to do a two-week mini-series on parenting. And we're calling this series, Recharge Your Parenting. Now just a little heads up, uh, this week's message and next week's message are really just one message uh, that are done in two parts. So we're going to talk about two extremely important parenting principles from God's Word this week. And then we're going to talk about two parenting principles from God's Word next week. Uh, So when I get to the second point today in the message and you look down at your watch and it's already been uh, 30 minutes, don't worry because we're, we're almost done. I'm not going to preach for an hour today, I promise. Well, like every single message on parenting and every parenting series that we're ever going to do here at OCC, uh, the parenting principles that we talk about will apply to every single person at every age and stage because really, um, at its core, these are relationship principles. Um, But for this series, I would say that, you know, if you're a new parent, this series is for you. If you're a parent with elementary students, uh, middle school students, or high school students, this series is definitely for you. If you happen to be an empty nester, or or maybe you're a grandparent, uh, this series is for you. In fact, you don't have to have any biological children uh, of your own, and this series is for you. Because just being here this morning, you know, there are kids all over the building. We've got children's ministry and youth ministry happening, and there are kids in your life. So this this series is for you. You don't have to have biological kids of your own. You know, one truth that we're always going to teach at OCC is that you never stop being a parent. Do you believe that this morning? If you do, say amen. Amen. So why a series on parenting? You know, that's a good question to ask. Uh, Personally, as a parent of four uh, wonderful boys, I always need to be reminded about the important biblical principles on parenting that we find in God's Word. In fact, as I was writing this portion of my sermon, I was at, I was at home on this particular day, and uh, I remember hearing in the background uh, some yelling and screaming, and I learned that my two-year-old, Elliot, had just bitten uh, my nine-year-old, Micaiah, in the arm. So I say that to say this, that wonderful comes in all shapes and sizes. And as a side note, you know, this makes me think, wouldn't it be so cool if all of our kids came with their own individual owner's manual? I mean, that would, that would just be awesome. Because for me, you know, all my kids are different. They all need something different from my wife and I as parents. In fact, we have a saying in our house, and my wife was the one that really introduced this into our home. Um, we say that fairness doesn't always mean that everyone gets the same thing. A fairness is everyone getting what they need. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later on today. Well, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6, uh, we come across a verse that I think is, is so key um, as we raise our children. It's so key in parenting. And this is going to be the key verse for our series. Um, now, when you go through Proverbs, you'll find that uh, a lot of the verses really are able to stand on their own, because Proverbs as a book is really a book on wisdom, and it talks about how having a a fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom, and that God wants us to have godly wisdom. And there's really a few kinds of wisdom. We can pursue worldly wisdom, or we can pursue 
godly wisdom. We can go down the path of righteousness. We can go down the path that God has called us to, or we can go down the path that the world calls us to. And as we read this verse together, as we unpack it and then go other places in Scripture, we're going to see that this verse is right in line with what Proverbs is teaching, and that this would be um, gaining godly wisdom in our lives, parenting the way that God calls us to parent. So a very familiar verse. Uh, Let's look together at Proverbs 22, verse 6. In the NIV, it says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Now just a show of hands this morning, raise them high, if you've heard this verse before. Just raise your hands if you've heard this verse taught uh, before. Yeah, so that's, that's most of the room. This is, this is a pretty popular verse. Most people have heard this verse. And I think most of the times when we hear this verse, we hear it taught as a promise. We hear it taught as a promise that if we teach our children biblical values, if we bring them up in the church, we bring them up to know the Lord, then they're always going to follow God. You know, I've actually heard this verse taught uh, through speaking and also in books, that if you raise your kids in the church, you bring them to Sunday school every Sunday, you take them to VBS every year, you get them involved in the church, then when they're older, they're not going to turn away from it. Now again, all of these things are great that we just mentioned. I, I think we should do all of these things. As a parent, my wife and I, we value these things. We value raising our kids to know the Lord. We value bringing them to church and getting them involved in the church. But I also believe that there's a common misconception that if we do these things, our kids will never turn away from God, that they're not going to stop being involved in the church when they're older. We read this as a promise, and I really think it should be read another way. You know, I wish this was the case, that if we did these things, our kids would never, um, you know, turn away from the church or a community of faith. But unfortunately, this isn't what this verse is teaching. See, all of us in the room this morning, we all know about situations or or families where the child or children was was raised correctly. They were raised with Christian values impressed on them by their parents. And, And then at some point in their life, they wandered away from the faith that they were raised in. We all know stories like this. See, this verse is not meant to be a promise necessarily. It's really meant to be a prescription for how we train our children. In fact, the key words in this verse that help us understand its meaning, uh, the key words that help us understand this prescription are the words, they should go. So when we read this, this verse uh, in the NIV, like we just read, it says, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. So in, in the original Hebrew text, and there's actually no word for our English word should. So we read this verse, start children off on the way they should go. Again, in the Hebrew language, what the Old Testament was written in, there is no word for our English word should. So in Hebrew, this is actually best translated as his way or according to their bent. So you could really read this verse, start children off in his way or start children off according to their bent. That really changes everything when we read this verse. You see, according to their bent means according to the way God made them, according to their unique personality, or according to their individual passions. In other words, 
all of our children have been made in a unique way. They've been made with unique personalities and, and unique passions. And I believe that God's word is calling us as parents that we should get to know our children. We should learn to understand their unique personalities, their, their passions, their likes, and their dislikes. And then we should train our children accordingly. See, we should help our children develop that, that unique bent that God has given them. Because even when they're old, I think we all know this. We've seen it in the lives of our kids as they've grown. When they're old, they're never going to stray away from that unique bent in their life. And this is going to lead us to our first point for today. So if you're taking notes, um, this is going to be our first point, that we should accept our child's uniqueness. We should accept our child's uniqueness. So if you have siblings, this is going to make a lot of sense to you. If you have siblings, it's really easy to see how you've just been created differently. I mean, I'm reminded of my own life about this. You know, I have a brother. Him and I are six years apart. We were raised by the same two parents. We were raised in a very similar way, but we're just completely different people. I mean, our passions and goals in life, they're just opposite of each other. And this reminds me of the story uh, that's told in Luke chapter 15, uh, the story of the prodigal son. This is a very familiar story. So uh, you have two sons, a younger son and an older son. The younger son is really described as the wild child. He, we read about how he, he took his inheritance early from, from his family, he moved away. He spent it all on wild living. And then we see the older son, he stayed home. He always followed the rules. He was always there to do what his parents wanted him to do. And we come to the conclusion that if the younger son was the rule breaker, the older son was really the rule follower. Now, I'll just survey the room a little bit this morning. If you had to guess, which one of these do you think I was? <laughs> I, was I was definitely the rule follower. And, and here we have two kids that are just complete opposites. But here's what I want you to see this morning. That there were two kids that were complete opposites, but they're, they're two kids that the father loved equally. See, even though the dad loved his kids equally, um, he did treat them differently. And this is one story that highlights uh, this, this truth that fairness doesn't always equate to each child getting the same thing in life. A fairness isn't getting the same thing. It's getting what you need. And that's how God fathers us. And that's how we're called to, to parent our children. You see, the wild child, he got a party thrown in his name. I mean, he was gone for, for who knows how long. He asked for his inheritance early. He spent it on wild living. He wakes up one day in a pile of pig poop and, and realizes that he messed up and he runs home. And instead, the, you know, the father doesn't wait for him to get home just so he can scold him and tell him everything he did wrong. He welcomes him with open arms, and he throws him a party. That's what, that's what this son got. But the older son, he didn't get that. And it's not treating one sibling better than the other. It's giving them what they need. So let's talk about this first point uh, for a minute, just a little more in depth, this point of that we should accept our child's uniqueness. And as we do, I want us to read uh, our verse for today um, really in the way that it was meant to be read. So in the NIV, it says, start children off the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. So when we know what we know now, knowing the, the Hebrew phrase and really what it means, we could read it, uh, accept your child's uniqueness according 
to their bent. And even when they're old, they won't turn from it. So parents, here's something that, that I need to run from. Here's something that we all need to run from. And it's so hard to do, but it's how God calls us to parent our children. You see, we need to resist the temptation to mold our kids into our own image. And this is so hard to do. So a few examples. Resist the temptation to mold our kids into our own image. This is where we think they should go to college. What job we think they should have when they're older. And even who we think they should marry. Maybe when they're younger. What sports we think they should play. Now, is it wrong to you know put your kids in sports and to really allow them to be stretched and to help them figure out what they like and dislike. There's nothing wrong with that. We should allow them and affirm them to be molded into the person that God wants them to be, not, not who we think they should be. We shouldn't try to live our lives through our children. You see, here's what a lot of well-meaning parents, I think, unknowingly either say or, or demonstrate through their actions to their kids as they grow up. They'll say things like, you know, God loves you, and I have a wonderful plan for your life. You know, we, we show that through our actions, and without knowing it, we raise and train our kids to do what we want them to do, to work the job we want them to have, and to play the sports that, that we want them to play. But we have to understand that this may or may not be who they are. This may or may not be who God has created them to be. It might just be our desires and not theirs. See, here's what's going to happen if we do this. If, if we put our own desires on our kids as they grow all the way through, through childhood, it's going to end up frustrating them. It's going to end up making them feel like a failure because we're leading them down a path that they were never meant to go down. We're leading them to do things that they were never really meant to do. And that's what Proverbs is all about. It's about gaining that godly wisdom and going down the path that God's called us to go down. And I think that as parents who love our kids so much, we can unknowingly send our kids down the wrong path. It's about gaining godly wisdom, going down the path God's called us to go down, that that path of wisdom. I think we also have to resist molding our kids to think that you know, if, if I just do what mom and dad wants me to do, if I just listen to that instruction and play the sports they want me to play or do, do the things they want me to do, say the things they want me to say, then and only then will they be proud of me. I think a lot of kids have that, that feeling or that, that belief. And I would say as a dad, this is really hard for me because my oldest son and I, we... We do have some things in common, but we also have a lot of a lot of passions. We have a lot of interests that we just don't share. And this was hard for me to accept for a really long time until I saw him thrive while doing something that he was made to do, something that he was bent to do. So Micaiah, my, my nine-year-old, he's going to be 10 in November, man. He just, these kids grow up so fast. Micaiah loves to build, draw, and, and read. These are kind of the top three things that are his, his interests. He, I've shared this before, but he can take a brand new Lego set and open up the instructions and complete it, you know, a really large project, you know, 1,500 pieces or something, and complete it in just a few hours. Sometimes he doesn't even need the instructions. 
you know, in my life, you know, I just got back from a mission trip, the Christian Appalachia Project Mission. We were in eastern Kentucky, and, and again, we just thank you guys so much for praying for our team. Your, your prayers were answered, they were heard, and we just really appreciate that. But on this trip, it was really physical labor. We were helping lower-income families with home repairs, and uh, we helped one lady build a, uh, a ramp to her house, a handicap ramp. We replaced windows. Uh, Shannon actually got up in an attic and replaced the insulation in a house. Um, now, if you had to guess, do you think I was the one that got up in the attic and replaced insulation? Absolutely not. That's just not, not my bent. And again, it doesn't mean that you should never try things that are new. Going on this trip, that was a stretch for me. I was doing things that are just outside my comfort zone. But, you know, I learned a lot of things. And uh, I can I can help build a ramp now. I can take windows out and repair windows. So I learned a lot. But you know, my my son, he's able to build things. That's his passion, his 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 gifting, and it's just not mine. He also loves to draw. I mean, he can just picture things in his mind and put it to paper, and it looks exactly like what he's describing to you. If I try to do that, it's going to look like a two year old drew something. He also loves to read. And, you know, I debated telling you guys this this morning, but I think it's important. You know, going through high school, middle school, um, I just didn't like to read. In fact, I didn't read a full chapter book from start to finish until I was in college. And a lot of that, I think, is because I just never found anything that I liked to read. But when I got in college, man, I... I just loved learning about theology. I loved learning about God and the church and the people of God. I just loved to learn about theology. So Micaiah, he, he loves to read, and we'll put him in bed 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, and he'll be, be reading until 10.30, 11 o'clock sometimes. We actually have to go in and tell him to stop reading. And, you know, I'm so thankful for my wife because um, she has really impressed that love of reading on him. She loves to read. She can go through a whole series of books um, in a weekend or two, and uh, she just loves to read. And while we still have some things in common, you know, my older son and I, my role as a parent has started to shift. And I really give the credit to this to, to my pastor, uh, my mentor. His name's Pastor Paul uh, Cunningham. He pastors an awesome church in Oklahoma City, Westmore Community Church. So a shout out to Paul if he happens to hear this. Really, a lot of this series has really has come from inspiration from messages that he's done and the impact that it's made on my life and, and my wife's life. Um, and our whole family, but, you know, we have some things in common, but my role as a parent is shifting, and and again, that's come from some of that instruction. It shifted from uh, train my sons into my own image, which is so easy to do for us as parents. It's shifting from that to train them after their own bent. Train them how they were made, according to their own God-given passions and interests. If you remember, just a few weeks ago, we recently finished a summer series called Grow. And in this eight-week series, we talked about some of the important aspects of our faith journey. And I was just reminded today, something that we all need to hear is that every person has their own journey. You know, when and how a person comes to know the Lord, it's going to be different from every other person. In fact, this morning, if you just look across the aisle you're going to see people who have likes and dislikes that are completely different from you. Your hopes and dreams in life are going to be unique because you were uniquely created. And as parents, we have to be reminded today, we have to trust that God has a plan for the lives of our kids. Do you believe that this morning? Man, I do. 
our kids might take a few detours along the way, but we've got to be reminded that God is faithful. If you're breathing today, if your kids are breathing today, then God is not finished with you. He's not finished with your kids. What an awesome promise to claim. My, my mentor, my, my pastor, uh, Pastor Paul, he's got this amazing uh, saying, this phrase that he, he says, and I'm just going to repeat it this morning. He says that children are not clay to be molded by us, but human beings to be unfolded by God. You know, sometimes we get that backwards. We think that our kids are clay to be molded by us and that God gets to play maybe a small part. But if anything, man, our kids are clay to be molded by God, human beings to be unfolded by God. And we're just the stewards. We, we have this awesome blessing of having these children for a short time and we get to raise them up to send them out. That's really the purpose of parenting. It's to bring God the glory. It's for the good of our kids. And we raise them up to send them out. So how can we help our children grow? How can we send them out, help them be the individuals that God's created them to be? Well, number one, we we accept our child's uniqueness. The second thing for today, and remember, we're just going to have two points for today, so, so we're almost done. But number two, we should affirm our child's value. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 through 31, just an amazing text, we read these words. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. So in this passage, God is talking about a bird, which in our eyes may or may not have value. I guess it just depends if you're a bird person or not, if you like birds or not. I I, I don't. I'm not a bird person. I'm really not a bird person. I'm also not a cat person. So we'll just go ahead and get that out there this morning. You know, I'm definitely a dog person. But in this passage, dogs, uh, God is talking about birds. And he shows us their value. It says he cares about each and every bird individually. And then he takes it a step further. And this is really the point of the text. And he reminds us about our value. We're reminded that every single strand of hair on our head is numbered. That's just crazy to me. Every single strand of hair on our head is numbered. God knows and cares about every single detail of your lives. The, The big things, the things that we remember, and the small things, the things that we soon forget when the day is done. God knows and cares about every single detail. See, God affirms our value over and over again throughout his written word. One truth that that's attached to each one of these reminders is this, that God, God's love and his care in our lives really has nothing to do with our performance. Let me say that again, church, that God's love and care in our lives, it has nothing to do with performance. And really, that's the gospel simplified. I mean, we're reminded about Romans 5, 8, where it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die while we were still sinners. It says that he sent Christ to die while we were still sinners. So not only, if you're in Christ, not only are you a recipient of God's perfect love, but you're also called to share that good news, that that perfect gospel with your kids and to model God's love in our own lives so that our kids can see that. You know, I think we should be looking for opportunities every day 
to remind our kids about their value, especially apart from their performance. We should remind them about their value apart from their grades, apart from how they excel in sports, apart from being accepted into the college of, of our dreams, and even apart from marrying the person that we approve of. We should also look for opportunities to remind our kids about their value apart from their choices. And this is where it gets really difficult. You know, good choices in school, showing up to work on time and doing a good job, choices in relationships. Now, there's some correcting and some training. We're going to talk about that a little bit next week. But we should, we should look for opportunities to remind our kids about their value, even apart from choices. And then I'm going to throw another one out there, and I, I really believe this. I haven't had kids who've really experienced this yet, so if you've gone through this, maybe you can share a little bit of wisdom with me after the message today. But I believe we should look for opportunities to remind our kids about their value, even apart from their faith. See, regardless of performance, choices, and their faith— We all have value simply because we're made in the image of our creator. And we we talked about that a little bit in our Babel series, the, the story of the Tower of Babel, how we were made in the image of God. We really don't get to redefine that image. And don't get me wrong. You know, I love to see my kids excel at whatever they do. You know, they just finished up some uh, summer sports at, at the Y. I had, uh, my two-year-old was in tumble bugs. I, <laughs> I just love saying that. It's, it's tumble bugs. It's like kids gymnastics if you're under two. It's just the cutest thing in the world. Uh, I had some other kids that were doing uh, gymnastics and parkour, and I love to see them excel in that. Uh, you know, when it's the school year, and my kids actually just started school today uh, because they're homeschooled, but um, when it's the school year, I love to see them excel in school projects and learn something new. I love to see them make new friends at school and in the community, and I love to see them participate at church. My oldest son, Micaiah, asked if he could actually stay after and help with the block party. He just wanted to help and serve and be around other people. I love that. But I'll be, I'll be the first to admit, you know, it's so tempting to get into the habit of only affirming my kids' value when they excel. But when I'm reminded about how God values me, regardless of my performance, I'm motivated. I'm encouraged to pass that on to my kids. You know, all of our kids right now, they, they follow the rules differently in our home. <laughs> Micaiah, our, our nine-year-old, uh, soon to be 10, he, he tends to listen to instruction pretty well, especially if he's not buried in a video game. So he can listen to instruction and usually accomplish a task or have responsibility and, and do it the right way. Now, Weston and Phillips, uh, these are my two middle children. These are our strong-willed children. They like to push their limits like any middle child would. Uh, We give them instruction, and they like to see how long they can wait to do it. They like to see uh, how much over the the guardrail or the line they can go without getting in trouble. And I'll just tell you, they're they're in trouble all the time. And then there's Elliot, our two-year-old. And I'll just be honest with you, right now, his favorite word is no. (laughs) We tell him to do something or to pick up toys, and it's just no. You know, Sometimes we'll get a yes if he's in a good mood, but um, if he's got his mind set on something, that's what he's going to do. And, you know, in our home, for my wife and I, if, if affirmation was solely based on performance, then three-fourths of our kids would never receive any affirmation. Yeah, that's just the truth of it. You know, it, it's so easy to affirm our kids when they do something great, uh, according to us. 
Here's what I want to challenge and encourage all of our, our parents and grandparents with today. Affirm the characteristics and the qualities that God has put in your child. You know, the qualities that have nothing to do with performance. Because that's how God values us. And then I want to encourage you to reaffirm them about these characteristics. Reaffirm them about these qualities on a regular basis. You know, my parents were great at this. I I wrestled from middle school through about 10th grade. Now, my dad did push me to be in wrestling, and, and again, I, do, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but as I grew and as they grew to know me even more, uh, we all learned that that just really wasn't my bent. It, it wasn't my thing, but regardless of whether I won or lost, you know, if I was giving it my best, my dad always um, affirmed my value simply because I was his son. And again, I'll just be the first to admit, this has been really difficult for me to do. And I, I don't know why, but I have to be extremely intentional about affirming my children based on their individual characteristics and qualities outside of performance. If I don't think about these things in advance, I just forget. You know, my parents loved when I was in sports, and they loved when I tried new things, but they didn't try to shape and mold me according to their plan and according to their design. They really did allow me to grow and to develop into the person that God wanted me to be according to my bent, not their own. You know, our kids need to be reminded regularly that we love them, again, simply because they're ours and because they're God's. We don't affirm just based on performance. It's okay to do that, but that shouldn't be the only thing. We don't affirm them based on popularity, career choices, or even who they marry. Again, it's so easy to do that. We love our kids in the way that our Heavenly Father loves us. We affirm them in the way that He affirms us. And this starts by accepting our child's uniqueness. They they are fearfully and wonderfully made. We should resist the temptation to mold our kids into our own image, to go down the path we want them to go down. Really, we just kind of point them in the right direction. We get to know our kids, and then we we raise them up to send them out. But we also love our children in the way that God loves us when we when we affirm their value. You know, God knows the exact number of hairs on our head. We should remind our kids about that kind of value. Remind them about how God loves them. Remind them about how we love them apart from performance. Affirm the, the characteristics and the qualities that God has put in your child, the characteristics and qualities that have nothing to do with performance. You know, our children, no matter their age and stage, are a blessing from God. And being a parent is such a wonderful gift. Our, our kids are a blessing, and, and parenting is a gift. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Today, I want to encourage you to think about parenting. Think about this awesome responsibility, this awesome privilege that God has given you. And let's recharge our parenting today. Let's recharge our parenting through the word of God and parent the way that God's called us to parent. Let's accept our child's uniqueness. Let's affirm our child's value.